everyone. Welcome to the Fairmont Bridge. The City of Fairmont's official podcast where you can join us weekly to hear from city employees, elected officials, and local figures to hear about the basic functions and inner workings of our local city government, as well as learn about current and upcoming projects. My name is Alex Petrie. I am Hannah Turner. And we are both employees with the City of Fairmont's planning department. And today we are back and we are joined by two very special guests. So today we have with us two of our House of Delegates members from the 50th District. We did invite all three, full disclosure, but um, two responded. So today we have Joey Garcia and Guy Ward with us. Yes. Um, So first off, we have Guy Ward. Guy Ward is a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates, where her where he currently serves on several committees and co-chairs the Equal Pay Commission. He was born and raised in Grafton, West Virginia, and graduated from Grafton High School in 1974. He met his future wife, Joyce Farson, while he was in college, and they married in 1978. They lived for a time in Shinston before moving to Whitehall in 1993. He has one son named Christopher. He holds an Associate of Applied Science degree from Fairmont State University. He retired early in 2011 as a material analyst from Allegheny Energy with over 33 years of service. He's best known as mayor of Whitehall, where he served three two-year terms. He also served one year on the Marion County Commission and a previous term in the House of Delegates. His hobbies include music, martial arts, chess, and writing. Welcome, Guy. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. And we also have Joey Garcia. Joey Garcia is a member of the West Virginia House of Delegates, representing the 50th Delegate District in Marion County. A Democrat, Joey was first elected in 2020 and is serving his first term in the West Virginia Legislature. He serves on the West Virginia House Judiciary Committee, and he is the Minority Chair of the Jails and Prisons Committee and the Minority Vice Chair of the Technology and Infrastructure Committee and the Workforce Development Committee. Joey grew up in Fairmont, graduated from Fairmont Senior High School and earned degrees from West Virginia University for his bachelor's and West Virginia, the West Virginia University College of Law. During law school, Joey met his future wife, Heather, while working as a public interest intern for the Legal Aid of West Virginia. In 2009, Joey and Heather married and moved to Charleston, West Virginia, where Joey started practicing law at the firm of Spillman, Thomas, and Battle. In 2012, at 29 years old, Joey was appointed as Deputy General Legal Counsel for Governor Earl Ray Tomlin. He served in the office of the governor of West Virginia for five years, including as director of legislative affairs from 2014 to 2016, and senior counsel for legislation and policy for Governor Jim Justice in 2017. In 2017, Joey and Heather decided to return home to Fairmont. Since that time, Joey has worked as an attorney at the Mansion Injury Law Group in Fairmont, where he is proud to represent individuals in personal injury, consumer protection, and civil rights cases. Welcome, Joey. Hey, I'm great. Uh, glad to be here. All right. We are, we are glad to have you both. And uh, just to get started, can you explain the role of a delegate and, and what all that entails for those who don't know? One of the three branches of government, we're the legislature, and we make the laws. And um, basically, I mean, that's it. We, uh, we do all the statutes, code, you know, uh, for state code. We Bills come, you know, we introduce bills to change, right. change code, and then we vote on it. And, well, we go through committees and stuff like that, and then we vote on it. A lot of, a lot of what we do also is, I believe, act as a liaison for, for the citizens of this area for District 50 and make sure that if they have a problem with any agency, for example, if someone, I had someone recently that had a DMV issue, 
with getting a title. And so it's a matter of making some calls and making sure government is acting appropriately and quickly to help the needs of our citizens. Yeah. And there are how many delegates in the West Virginia House of Delegates? 100. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is an elected position, of course. And how, how many years are the terms? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Two-year terms. So, Joey, what you said about being a liaison for the local community, the three of you, Phil Mallow is the other delegate for the 50th district. All three of you are very involved with the community. I see see all three of you at various events in the community. And from a city aspect, we've always appreciated your assistance with things. And sure I know have. whenever we have a question about stuff at the state level, honestly, it's the quickest way to get that answer is to mm-hmm. go through you guys. I feel like you have all the connections and you know exactly who to ask where, you know, when you go on a state website, it's kind of hard to figure out where you need to go. So I think a lot of people maybe underutilize having access to their local delegates and, and asking questions. But I know that the responses have always been quick from, from you guys. What well, At the risk of having my phone blow up more than it does right now, <laughs> I, I really think that's correct, that we are in many ways underutilized. Mm-hmm. And heck, I'll, I'll put my phone number. I'm, my cell phone is 304 376 7960. And I tell everybody, and I think Guy is very accessible too, and we work together Mm -hmm. because uh, we find, I think, that we can really, if we tag team on a lot of issues, we can get solutions very quickly, or if nothing else, we can get you an answer. Mm -hmm. And I think people deserve that, even if it's not the answer that they may want to hear. Right. Yeah, they'd appreciate it just just to to listen to them sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and of course, like for you guys, we've been. I know several times you've asked me to write support letters mm-hmm. for projects. Both of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you've both just been incredible when it comes to supporting us on every single project that we do. You're both two of the first people that we call to get support letters. And, um, yeah, can't can't thank you enough. And I'm sure I know both of you are of different political parties, so I'm sure sometimes when you're in Charleston it gets a little, you know, you disagree on some things. But I think what I've always appreciated is that our three delegates here when you're here, you're so focused on Marion County. And when you're in Charleston, you're focused on Marion County. And so if there's an issue that, you know, is really going to impact us, like the the mansion facility, yeah, um, that, facility. yeah, the healthcare facility, that was a big issue. And, and we all appreciated that from a community aspect, you know. So it's always nice to see the delegates all working together regardless of party, I think. You know, city council is nonpartisan, so that's what we view all the time. But then you get into different offices and it's, you know, elected by party. So it's always great to see everybody working together. I think we, especially Guy and I, I think we've developed a really good relationship mm-hmm. where we talk about things. And there may be things that we disagree with on legislation, but there are so many more things that we absolutely agree are fundamental uh, to make sure that the citizens of Marion County have what they need. And healthcare is a great example uh, with the mansion clinic and just having all three of us really come around and try to invigorate support from the community because that meant trying to stop a bill that was going to close that facility. And the other thing I really want to give credit to Guy, he led the way on a bridge naming resolution for the Toothman brothers. And this was in Mannington, but I mean, this this was, so it's not Fairmont, but I think it's very important because all our communities are very closely connected. Mm-hmm. And it was a real um, honor. And he took the lead and, and made sure that this resolution, which honored World War II veterans, five brothers in Mannington passed. And, and we just got to see that come to fruition at a ceremony here a couple months ago. So it, that, that relationship, partisanship should not have anything to do with trying to 
to make sure that we're making the right decisions for Marion County. So how does your work in Charleston affect Fairmont citizens on a city level? Well, I used to be a mayor. <laughs> yeah. So you have a you have a even closer relationship with any kind of legislation and stuff in Charleston. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, you guys got a former council member as director of the Municipal League. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, we communicate with him. I know you probably talked to Travis. That's Travis, Travis Blosser, correct? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a good guy, and, uh, and he alerts us of anything that might affect the cities. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are bills that come through that are detrimental to cities, and some of them come through are good for cities. And you've got to be on your toes and keep an eye out for, you know, because I uh, try to watch out for the municipalities because I was once a mayor. And I know Joey does too. And uh, because, I mean, you know, cities are an important part of our government. And they're a little bit different than our state government. Right, in, right. In that they actually got legislative, judiciary, and executive powers, I think. We only got legislative powers in our, in our power of persuasion. But, uh, but yes, yeah, cities are what makes and breaks this state. I mean, they're the backbone of the state. Mm-hmm. And, and along with counties, I mean, you know, the local government is very important. And I'm afraid, and my biggest one, my biggest concern down Charleston is that some of the legislators down there, even my own, and even in my own party, forget that, and they and they'll introduce bills that are not good for counties and cities, and and that's why we need people uh, like you all back home to watch the bills, and also uh, Travis Blosser with the, with the Municipal League. I know he keeps a close eye on because uh, we we don't always know. There's there's over what. 2,000 bills introduced every year. That's right. And it's hard to keep up with them. Right, yeah. And it's good for people. Matter of fact, the Mansion Clinic, that was, we were alerted by a citizen back here about, and I even told the lady and that keep an eye on, on any bills that affect the Mansion Clinic because, you know, that helps me out, you know. And, uh, and she was the one that alerted me, actually sent us an email, copied everybody on it. And when the bill was coming back up again, we thought we got rid of it once, and here it came back up. And, and uh, of course, within 20, 30 minutes, we had it stopped because I got down, sent an email to the chairman of the, of the government organ committee and asked him to take it off the agenda, which he did. So we were fortunate. But if, if I hadn't have had an email from this lady, we would not have known. So. You know, I think there are a lot of, a lot of folks out there that are so focused on national politics and Mm -hmm. what's going on on a a nationwide scale and they don't quite know what's going on on the city level but I believe you know as citizens of this county and and of the city the most important branch of government that that affects us directly is what's going on in your local government Mm -hmm. I mean I believe it all starts here and you're correct yeah I mean yeah I mean your local government is your most important absolutely your board education your city government, your county government, that's more important than the state and national. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's super important to, to stay up, stay up with the news on what's going on locally and, and know who you are voting for. But, yeah, we, we have a lot of great representatives in our local city government, so I think. Uh, and, and you can learn all about them on the Fairmont Bridge. So. Yeah. We're, we're, we're glad, we're glad you're, you're here with us today if, yeah. if you are listening. Well, can I say one, one other thing because yeah. I think it's really important, too, when it comes to elections and and God just mentioned some people don't even vote in certain races. Well, you know, in our House of Delegate race last year, I believe from one to four, and the top three vote-getters were the ones that were elected. I believe it was somewhere around 300, 350 votes between the, those people. And I know between myself and the, and the fourth-place person, it was 50-some votes. 
So, I mean, every vote really does matter. And then we've seen mm-hmm. several city council races in the last couple of years where oh they've had gosh. to flip a coin. Yeah. <laughs> so. We are praying that that does not happen again because <laughs> yeah. I think that election was not, like, finalized. Typically, they're finalized, like, December. It wasn't finalized till February, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So, yeah, we don't want any more elections like that, but it is really important, and, you know, I, I do think a lot of people have this mindset of like elections don't matter my vote doesn't matter but at the local level city council is the prime example even house of delegates prime example like i can think of 50 people that live in fairmont that could have you know what i mean like if you can think of like some people that you know in relation to like that number like the difference between the two candidates it's crazy like two people one person tied if three more people would have voted it wouldn't have been an issue but it still would have been close or we know close to 20 or 25 percent i believe i hope i'm not getting this wrong but turnout Mm -hmm. in the primary election this spring 25 percent of the people that actually voted in that election so you're right i mean it doesn't take that much more to Mm -mm. to swing any type of election that's not coming from a partisan standpoint that's just the importance of voting and right yeah the the numbers way down in 2020 to two compared to 2020 but that's normal between for a presidential election people more people right come out. right and um, i think in my district uh, there was close to a thousand people that didn't vote in republican party a primary that would have normally voted yeah and it's you know pay attention to the elections that aren't just presidential elections too because yes. a lot of decisions are being made by those people on those ballots so Including constitutional amendments this yeah. time. Yeah, <laughs> matter of fact, uh, that's something maybe we all should touch on. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start talking briefly about about legislative session. When do the legislative sessions occur? So normally it is the second Wednesday in January, and so I believe this year it's going to be January maybe it's tenth uh, for sixty days. Okay. And so normally that means if it's the tenth of January, it'd be uh, the way the days fall. I guess unless it's a leap year, March 10th is usually about when it is. So it ends on a Saturday. Okay. Based on the most recent legislative session, um, for both of you, what are what are some of your highlights? W- what are your biggest takeaways from from this previous most previous session? It was uh, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, one thing we had a special session before the regular session, and that's is that when, unique? Yeah, that's unusual. Okay. And it it had to do with the West Virginia Industrial Advancement Act, which we which was overwhelmingly approved. You've heard of the company called Nucor. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, yes. they're uh, they're wanting to come locate in West Virginia, mm-hmm. and they're a big corporation. They're going to spend like two point eight million billion dollars. Two point eight. Wow. So this is the first time we've done something like this as a legislature. The bill basically was to uh, provide incentives to promote development of new labor and capital investment of heavy industry in this state, and the expansion, growth, and revitalization of labor and capital intensive heavy industrial facilities in the state. In other words, if a company's going to willing to spend two, over two billion dollars in the state, and they're going to hire over 500 employees, they qualify for these incentives and uh, and other things. One of the things we're going to do for them is provide them with some infrastructure where they're going to build at. So we're spending what is it, three to four hundred million dollars? Six hundred. Is it six hundred million dollars? Yeah. Okay, that we're going to invest mm-hmm. in this. We're not investing it directly into the factory that they're building, but we're investing into the infrastructure, you know, water, sewage, electric, um, highways, and things like that for them. Okay. So uh, this is uh, and this is a new thing that we're doing. Other states have been doing this for years, and that's why they're getting all the big businesses. Mm-hmm. And so this is the first time that we've done this, and 
it was it was probably the highlight and it was actually a special session prior to the regular session and it kind of flowed right into the regular session but uh, but yeah as a matter of fact they they uh, they're building a facility in Mason County that's the big one okay it's a 2.8 billion dollar okay. and they're also building a have a Wharton project as a transloading facility and they I had actually talked to this company, and it was because of one of your council members. Barry Bledsoe said something to me about this new core company is looking for something in, in the tri-state area. So I called them up. Well, I, I got a hold of them, and uh, they called me back. One of their attorneys called me back, and they actually were looked at Fairmont for this uh, uh, translating facility, which would have been nice. Yeah. And I tried to encourage them to do that. Why didn't they come? Well, because Weirton's, I think, along the... Ohio River, oh. and then Mason County is too. So I think because of that, they didn't. But uh, but they actually looked at Fairmont. Wow. But I did. I didn't know they we were have going, a river. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know anything about this deal with them until the special session. But wow. I had talked to them like in November about coming to Fairmont. <laughs> that's that's really interesting. How how long how long did this special session last? Three, three days, two, three days. Two, three, three days. Because yeah. mm-hmm. we started on a Wednesday, and I believe the special session started on a Monday. Yeah. Which, again, there, there was some talk about, why can't we just wait two days uh, versus <laughs> – and, and that's and that's common to, th- to think when you have a special session, you're paying legislators an extra however much, uh, you know, for the time that they're there. But the governor, t- you know, said that they, they thought this was important enough to try to get it done to try to get an announcement out to, to close the deal. So, and it's something that I voted for too. Now, the only thing that I would, I would say that we need to be careful about in these types of deals is making sure that the outcomes are what we hope they will be, mm-hmm. including the use of labor force from West Virginia. Uh, and also, I've used it as an opportunity, for example, when we have a situation like we've had the last couple of years with uh, Fairmont and Pierpont Community Technical College, which are two very important universities, colleges in, in Fairmont. The issue with the hangar for the aviation program and the uh, maintenance technicians program, which are both really important and growing programs, well, if you're going to spend $600 million on uh, Nucor, why can't you come in here and spend 20 to $30 million on something that's going to really increase the workforce for jobs that are in north central West Virginia? And mm-hmm. I think we may actually have some headway on that. I hope so. Um, yeah. uh, so yeah. I asked for $13 million during the session to give to Fairmont State to, to build a hangar. And, uh, yeah, that, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, uh, that's still an issue, but not as mu- much as it was then. I mean, it seems like both institutions have kind of ironed things out. Mm-hmm. I think um, Pierpont is off the Fairmont State campus at every place but the airport. And they're given an, uh, Fairmont State gave them an extra year come up with a solution which I'm glad they did and like Joey pointed out both of those programs up there the aviation program and the aeronautics uh, technician program are extremely important to West Virginia especially in that area up there because of the technician program feeds all those industries up there at the airport and they, they depend on it so yeah we uh, that was a I thought the house came up with a good solution and uh, when they would just give them Fairmont State the whole facility but unfortunately, when the bill went back to the Senate, it died. Now, this is this is a great example right here of, of you all keeping us in mind and advocating for your home county during these more uh, statewide issues. Mm-hmm. So, a- a- any more any more highlights? So, I'd say one of the one of the better bills that passed this last legislative session had to do with 
the demolition of dilapidated properties. That's something yeah. Fairmont, I think, has really taken the initiative and been a leader statewide in trying to get rid of properties that just look blighted or, mm-hmm. or um, look like a scar on our on our city. And so one of the things that was a bill, and this was actually a bill by um, the auditor, J.B. McCuskey, mm-hmm. was to try to make this system as far as getting um, tax sales and other impediments to taking these properties to, to make that a smoother process and also to provide a, a pretty large amount of funding so that municipalities, counties could uh, could actually get a bunch of these properties at one time, get a contract for that and knock them down and just make that more efficient. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a problem that's everywhere in the state. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I'd like to see added to that is is more funding, because I still don't believe there's enough funding right there for something that really has a positive effect, not only for the citizens who enjoy the city, but also for businesses and for people coming, for example, to Fairmont State. If you're going down Locust Avenue and you see some of these houses, um, it, it makes a difference to how we sell our city, the mm-hmm. people who are coming here. Yeah. I think I saw him in a he was in a piece of heavy machinery. Oh yeah, that was in Clarksburg. I don't know so how when, they when did does, that. When does when do I get to do that? Listen, <laughs> they. Did, I think I think Clarksburg Public Works was doing that demolition, but we had we actually have contractors that do our work. I think that Clarksburg does too, but I think that specific instance it was city employees that were tearing it down. Well, JB JB's a former law school classmate of mine, or is a law school classmate of mine. He's a very good guy, and it's funny because I was I was joking. Some of the things that we the the, the best benefits of being in office because I think we're this is public service and if you're not doing it for public service then you're in you're doing the wrong thing but there's little treats we get that was one for him and I tell you yeah. one for me last week uh, was the the Fairmont tomato festival oh, yeah. oh, I got yeah. to got to and guy was there too we got to taste tomatoes that were brought in from gardens all over the city of Fairmont all mm-hmm. over Marion County and that was one of the most enjoyable things. And I don't think I'd have been there but for being a delegate. So thank yeah. you, the city. Except Main Street. Main Street yeah. so, so, so here's the real question. I know there's a hot pepper eating contest this oh. weekend. Are we, are we participating in that? <laughs> no, not me. Is that J- a challenge? Or is it-, <laughs> it sounds like a challenge. JB said, like, this was all of my, like, young little boy dreams came true. And I was like, man, it took you how long to have that dream come true? <laughs> but um, maybe we could get you a ride in the street sweeper, though. That would be kind of cool. So yeah, that's not bad. The, okay. the benefits of the demolition program for Fairmont have really been twofold because, like you said, not only are we eliminating blight and we're making our city look better, but we are also helping others either expand or giving more purchase options when it comes to property. Mm -hmm. Because for those who aren't aware how the process works, we demolish the property and then we accumulate the property. But we aren't holding that property that we end up with for long at all, especially as of late. We have had a lot of interest in these properties that that we've demolished, and we're just selling them very, very quickly. There's been a very quick turnaround on that. Uh, Most of them have been adjacent property owners who want to expand their current property, and it's really you know, it's been a smooth process so far. So yeah, the demolition program, it has been great. Mm -hmm. And it's good for us. But, you know, in the whole scope of Marion County, I think it's great for the county and these smaller municipalities 
because they might not be able to fund demolitions of some of these properties. So having that pot of money from the state is phenomenal yep. for yep. for these smaller towns and cities. So um, definitely some good legislation out of that for the cities and towns around West Virginia. You, you we want to talk maybe about the amendments on the, the ballot. They, we might get, them, we yeah. might get a little debate. We might get a little friendly debate right here. Uh, yeah, because, that. <laughs> I know that there was there's four amendments on the on the ballot in November. I supported all four, and I think you only supported one of them. That's correct. Yeah, but uh, we can go over those because people need to be know the the details of them to make a an you know, informed decision. Okay. So. Uh, the first amendment is the clarification of the judiciary's role in impeachment proceedings. And when I was there before, we actually impeached some of the Supreme Court justices. The entire Supreme Court. Did we do the entire? I thought there was one of we censured or somebody we... Well, you impeached them all, I think. Did we you, impeach them all? Yeah. Okay, maybe we did. <laughs> I, I was well. thinking we censured at least one of them. <laughs> wow. But they, uh, one of them uh, definitely deserved it, the one that got brought up on federal charges. So, but anyway, they were abusing their, the money that in their, in their allocated to them. They were, had elaborate offices. I mean, they were spending all this money on different things. And Justice Lawford, mm-hmm. yeah, he was actually uh, taking things that weren't, he shouldn't take. And he was using government money for his own personal use or his own you know because he was promoting i think he was doing tours or something and he was using the government car and different things he was really abusing his powers as a government official i think it was 2019 is when we impeached him and uh, no 2018 is when we impeached him we had a, we had a special session during the summer impeached him and this is what this is why this was brought about and basically what happened was we impeached him but then another judge overruled the legislature am i correct yeah the the people that were appointed to the supreme court where the where the case was brought about whether there was due process in the legislature's decision about bringing those impeachment charges and basically the impeachment and this sort of thing is a legislative duty and yet a third branch of government, the judiciary government, overruled us. And that's why this amendment is uh, on the ballot. Now, I'll give you a counterpoint. <laughs> so, because the, they're, they're, the Constitution allows for impeachment by the legislature of executive members and judicial members. But part of the reason why the Supreme Court, and it wasn't the member, this isn't the Supreme Court filled of the members who were actually being impeached. There were different people that were appointed to that. But they decided that the legislature didn't follow their own procedures and that the process itself had been flawed. And so one of the things about this amendment, which would really just say the Supreme Court couldn't do anything if the legislature decided they wanted to impeach and it was all up to the legislature, it potentially means the partisan whims of whoever's in power, whether that's mm-hmm. Democrats or Republicans, that they may not have to follow their own rules and they can still impeach somebody. And I think that is very dangerous. And so that's that's the counterpoint that I would have on that one. I could very briefly describe the other. Actually, Guy, you've started. If you want to describe <laughs> numbers, because right. I'll tell you about three. Three is the one where just there can be the incorporation of uh, religious organizations, and I don't think anybody has a problem no, with that. We, and it's done in about every other yeah, state, but West explain Virginia. Exactly. Why, what, how will that benefit church? They're just different. Uh, 
to the extent right now that they don't incorporate, they don't have certain protections that are available to corporations, even if they're nonprofits. Which they don't be, have to incorporate. They don't want to. They don't have to. So I don't think anybody disagrees with that. Yeah, that was one that I think it might have passed unanimously. I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah, I know you supported it. I supported it. Um, so that's number three. That's kind of a no-brainer. Uh, number two is the property tax modernization amendment, and it says to amend the state constitution by providing the legislature with authority to exempt tangible tangible machinery equipment personal property directly used in business activity and tangible inventory personal property directly used in business activity and personal property tax on motor vehicles from ad ad valorem thank thank you property Mm -hmm. tax taxation by general law and so it, it doesn't take that tax off right well, if you pa- if you vote on it, it's not going to take that tax off, but it gives the legislature the power to do that because right now it's in the Constitution, and in order for the legislature to remove these taxes, they have this uh, has to be amended. This part of the Constitution has to be amended. Gotcha. And and I kind of agree with, and I voted for this. By the way, I like the idea of taking off the businesses, uh, the tax on businesses, because a lot of states don't have their inventory tax or their equipment tax. And, and that's where, see, we, West Virginia, we've been tr- and, and trying the last several years, trying to be like other states because all the business, we're, le- we're losing population. As a matter of fact, Marion County lost a couple thousand people in the, since 2016. I was doing the numbers before I came up here. I was looking at some numbers. And people are leaving their state and going to other places because there's no work here and no jobs here. So we're trying to bring business back. And one of the things that hampers business is when they have the paid inventory tax. And uh, however, with that being said, and and of course some states don't have a vehicle tax, and that helps the citizen. But with that being said, the Senate has a plan because, well, the counties are complaining because they're going to lose some, a lot of their revenue. I mean, it's tremendous. Five hundred million dollars. Yeah, close to it. It's like four hundred and four hundred thirty-five million, I think, total. No, two hundred four hundred sixty-five million total. Wow. That the counties are going to lose in this re- on, in this revenue. Marion County alone is going to lose $11.7 million. And a lot of that goes to the board edu- or the education, and, uh, and some of it goes to the county budget. But the Senate has a plan and to backfill these, but I don't really don't like their plan because it's based upon whether or not, I mean, tell, tell me if I'm missed, uh, if you disagree. You, on you sound like you're talking yourself out of supporting this amendment. Well, <laughs> Well, in a way, I am because I, I like the idea of getting rid of the inventory tax. I like the idea of getting rid of the uh, vehicle tax, but I don't like the idea that the Senate has in replacing this because they're wanting to uh, take this extra. We had like a billion dollar surplus this year, so they're wanting that they're thinking. I mean, they're thinking they're going to have this billion dollars every year, but there's no guarantee that billion dollars going to be there. But they're going to take this billion dollars and give it back to the counties, which is good, you know, to backfill this. $465 million. And actually, they're going to give back more than that. I think it's going to be – that's where the – five. Well, I think well, it's closer to $500 million. Can I make a counterpoint on that? I know uh, you guys may not have all day to talk about hey, this. But, hey, no, no, no. But, but I, th- I think this is fun. Say and I, yeah. this, is, no. this is where we get into – we get. <laughs> I just hit the mic. Uh, <laughs> I did we, that a couple times. We get times. into good, rigorous debate. But Guy is a friend of mine, and that's what I like about this. I mean, we can do this, and we can do it in a way where it's not aimed at each other. 
it's aimed at the policy. Right. And my, my so and I think Guy was kind of going here with, with some of his arguments, which is I think there's a huge risk that the county of Marion, the Board of Education, and the municipality, because there's some municipal money that goes from these taxes, uh, that there that this could be lost and that it may be made up for a couple years. But I don't trust the Senate. I don't trust the current Senate leadership. Uh, and also, there could have been a plan put in this constitutional amendment to require the legislature to backfill this funding. And to make that in the Constitution, yeah. that wasn't done. This is just allowing for the legislature to make decisions. And if I had to guess, that, you know, because everybody's talking about, it, I would love not to pay my car tax, right? If I had to guess, they they will not be able to do that. They will not be able to do that part of it, but they will get rid of the business inventory tax, which if we could do something to actually make inventory um, to tax it at a lesser rate or to increase corporate net and to smooth that out from a business standpoint, I wouldn't necessarily be against that. But the way it's done now is putting our counties and our school boards at such risk that if we have another downfall uh, in revenues, like when I was there with Tomlin from 2012 to 2017, we never had a, a budget year in the black. We were in the red every year we were cutting. So the moment we start having to cut in the future, and it's, and it's going to happen if you have severance taxes, because those go up and they go down based on the markets, then we're going to be in a situation where the counties can't do it on their own, and they have to look to the, the legislature. And I don't believe that's a good situation for us to be in. No, I don't I agree with you. I, I, and it's kind of like the federal government. We complain as Republicans. We complain about the federal government, you know, doing this same thing, only on a much larger level. They're, they're subsidizing the state governments, and you got to play their game in order to get the, the funding. And I'm afraid this could turn into the same in a situation like that too, where the state government is just going to tell the county, well, if you don't do what we say, we're going to hold this money back. Right. And I, that's one of my fears. And but I think there's there's been some other, other ideas being thrown out there, and now some one idea is allowed counties have a sales tax, which and and I think it's better to instead of backfilling from the state revenue, I think it's better that the counties have their own source of revenue, and 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 I did some math. I think that one uh, percent uh, would be two hundred sixty-five million dollars, just a little bit over half of what they're losing. But what I would maybe even recommend is the state lower their sales tax to five percent or four and a half percent, and allow the counties to have a one or one and a half percent sales tax. And that way, it would be wouldn't be no increase in any, any you know in sales tax, right. but the county would get a portion of that sales tax. I mean, I, I think that would be a better solution than what yeah. the Senate's proposing. Okay. You, you want to do was, the education was that one? All, was that all for? <laughs> that, no. was, that, was, that was two. So. I, th I thought maybe you started talking about sales tax. I thought maybe that was that was associated with the fourth. But no, yeah. that, that's okay. my uh, that's kind of like an idea that I think I that you. would for the amendment two. Or okay. For, or be, if legislature does away with these taxes in, in order to just to make the counties whole, I think the sales tax would be the good idea. But if they do that, I think they should lower state sales tax because I don't believe in increasing any taxes. Okay. Well, Amendment 4, just very quickly, too, that, that takes away some authority of the Department of Education, which is almost like its own branch of government under our Constitution in the state of West Virginia, to do rules without going through the legislature. And, uh, and, and I'll get the first argument this time because Guy's ahead. got the last one. So <laughs> I, I think this is also a, 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 an issue. I, don't, I, I do not believe this is a good amendment because it, again, puts partisanship and politics 
into education, which I think should be uh, divested from that. I think it's nicer when the Board of Education, which is appointed by the governor, which is confirmed by the Senate, so there is some oversight over that process, but that they don't have to that, that when they do rules, it's about what's in the best interest of children across the state of West Virginia and students and the teachers that teach them versus legislature saying this is uh, the hot-button issue today. Uh, so that's that's the reason why I don't think it's a good amendment, but I think Guy has a different opinion on that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and uh, I think that uh, this amendment was put in because of what, if you go look at our state right next door to us, Virginia, where they had a lot of issues in their education, and uh, actually, you know, they got uh, elected a governor on that issue. Uh, yeah, that's one of our fears here in West Virginia, something like that could happen. And so we're just asking to uh, allow the state legislature to have oversight in case something like similar to happen in Virginia would happen here in West Virginia. Uh, right now, I don't think, you know, of course we could say, well, why, you know, why, why not let it stay the way it is? I mean, if there's nothing wrong, well, we, we're trying to be proactive. And get ahead of it, and we're, and I'm sure that as long as the state education board and everything, like he pointed out, it's like another branch of government, and they've said that before. Some of the past uh, presidents have said that. But this way, we can be proactive and and kind of keep keep an eye on our education system in, in West Virginia, and I think that's why it's important. I do well. <clears throat> I've really enjoyed watching you guys go back and forth on these. <laughs> So in order for that to be put in front of these ballot initiatives to be in front of uh, citizens of West Virginia, you have to have a two-thirds vote in each house, so in the House of Delegates and the Senate. So we voted on these things, but ultimately the voters of the state of West Virginia will take these issues up at the November election, the general election. Gotcha. And, and I think it's good that they get to decide this. Yeah, yeah I think And know. that's the case for any amendments to the state constitution yes. right mm-hmm. yes. the the citizens of west virginia can vote on yeah. mm-hmm. changes to the state constitution that's right. it's similar to the city charter like if we change yeah. something to the city yeah. charter it would have to go on the ballot right. and that's, gotcha. i think that's good i think it's good yeah you let the citizens decide right but i want them to be informed and i'm glad that you let us allow that allow us to this discussion and give both I mean, sides these are these are important important things that I had all no of us. idea that this was going to be on the ballot in November. So I feel like yeah. you know, very good vote, huh? I, yeah. Well, I do anyway. I don't I don't skip, but um, but yeah, I think that this is really important for people to know. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about. I mentioned it briefly before, but there was some redistricting that happened for our district. So now our district is not one with three delegates voted in. It's just three separate districts, correct? That's that's correct. And actually, uh, there there are four delegates that will represent Marion County or parts of Marion County. So okay. one, and, and uh, we don't always talk about her because she only represents, I think right now, one precinct, but Amy Summers has a district uh, that also includes ta- most of Taylor County and a part over near Bunners Ridge, I yeah, believe. Yeah, she's got uh, Bunners Ridge and all of Taylor County. Yeah, so <laughs> so that is going to be the new 70... I think it's 73rd. 73rd, I'm pretty sure, because we've got the 74th, 75th, and 76th. So I'm pretty sure... So And so they've changed from the 50th, because right now it used to be that we had several multi-member districts, mm-hmm. which means that, for example, in Marion County in the 50th district, you had... Three Democrats, three Republicans, you could have independents, and everybody voted for their top three. 
Mm-hmm. And those top three people were delegates, but they represented all of Marion County. Right. So now what we have is there are uh, districts that are set up with 17,500 people approximately. This was all done because of the most recent U.S. Census, right? So, no, no, this wasn't done for that reason. Okay. Now the congressional districts, we had to adjust them because of the U.S. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. But there actually, there's so there's two things. Every 10 years, there has to be a census, and every and that's a U.S. Census, so you're mm-hmm. right on that. And every 10 years, we do redistricting. Oh, okay. And we do that in the the year after so I think we did it actually in the fall, summer, fall of 2021, mm-hmm. before the 2022 election cycle. Now, there was a bill that was passed, I believe, back in 2018. Yeah, I was there when it was passed, I think. And, yeah, that did this, that set this up in motion. It required these single-member districts, and it, it said you can't have multi-member districts anymore. And we could go into a debate about what's good or bad about multi-member districts versus single-member, and I know a lot of people in Marion County like multi-member, but at the end of the day, this is just how they are now. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're actually, we're one of the few states that have multi-member districts. I think Maryland has multi-member districts, but I think they don't elect them the same way and i know idaho has multi-member districts but when they put them on the ballot they have a and b so you either if you're running for office you run for one of those two slots interesting and here it was like everybody was running against everybody even though they're you know you're actually you're running against a a fellow Democrat or running against a fellow Republican. And it's been a push to go to single-member districts for a while. And there, are, there were single-member districts in the state. We had multi-member districts, anywhere from two to five delegates. And, it used uh, to be 10 in Kanawha County back yeah, in the wow. day. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, we were, we were we had, over time, it was narrowed down or, or expanded to 67 districts. And, a lot, and, of course, probably most of those were single-member, but there were several multi-member districts. But now we're going to 100 single-member districts. So we got three, basically, other than the one precinct in uh, Bunners Ridge. We tried to keep one of the things when we were down there, I know I was down there involved in a little bit of this, uh, I was trying to keep Mar- Marion County as a whole. I wanted actually to try to put Marion County three districts, right. in, including Bunners Ridge, but unfortunately the numbers weren't right because you can't go more than 5% over or 5% under. And the number is, to be more precise, was 17,375. So you were close. But <laughs> we, you couldn't go more than 5% over that or 5% under that. Okay. And now with our numbers in Marion County, even though we lost a couple thousand people, it's all based upon the uh, average. We came out at 3.23 delegates. So we, were, we had, and Taylor County didn't have enough to make a complete district for population. So we were over... And that's why they took a portion of Marion County and gave it to the Taylor County delegate. So I totally see the benefit to this. But when I look at that map, it is so confusing. It is so confusing. Like, I I feel like I understand, like, why you don't want a multi-member district. However, some of these people aren't going to know what district they're even in until they get to the polls and they just see who's on their ballot. Now, if you're a Marion County citizen, are you voting? Are you still voting for all of the districts or just the district that you live in? Just the one you live in. Okay. 
which it, I think is going to be a big shock to some people. I think it was during the primary, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have West Fairmont, everything above Country Club, north of Country Club. So if, you, if you're at the Country Club Bakery, you're in my district. Now, if you're on the other side of going to Say Boys, uh, but everything pushing towards the west side of the river, going up towards Barrickville and Reesville and Grant Town, and then it goes all the way up to farm, you know, half of Farmington, have all of Fairview, and then I have Mets. I've got literally this area above Mannington, but I don't have any of Mannington, and I don't have any of Rachel or anything like that. So that there, that's 17,500 people. Now, the majority of that's in Fairmont, or in West Fairmont, but all those little communities, too, it's important that they all have representation. And that's the one right. good thing about it is I think we have less of an area to cover. With the lines of the districts, the city of Fairmont's kind of right in the middle, right? And the yeah. city's split into all three. And we kind of looked at making Fairmont a whole district, but that just didn't, wasn't going to work out. Right. And my next question is, you cannot un, can you not unseat a current delegate? So all of these districts had to be where each of you live is that correct basically it was kind of split where we were all in i, I live in the 74th joey lives in the 76th and, and and phil lives in the 75th okay so we kind of went by that a little bit but um wasn't required wasn't okay required. it wasn't that that's how it, it wasn't is. required but that's the i guess that's a policy decision that was made yeah is not to put any of us against each other in a primary and mm-hmm. i know that that's how it is for council when if we did a redistricting you can't unseat somebody it's definitely not an easy process no, that's it, for sure but it's that one map of the is ugliest I, I think i said it was really one of the ugliest processes i've seen because you you know and it, and it really shouldn't be i mean i think in a perfect world you have independent lines drawn by people that really aren't even looking at where people are but just where there's communities of interest mm-hmm. and where communities can be represented by somebody um but um you know this was the imperfect system that we had right and when when will this it's be- in a, it's in effect for the current for the coming election, election. Coming, okay. yeah gotcha. so starting in uh, 2023 the districts yeah they'll be effective and in the election here in november we'll have all these different districts will be okay. on the ballot and i know recently too i think the clerk's office for the county also did some rearranging of different precincts because that was an issue some people went to vote at places that they had never been before and some of it i don't know that it made sense so it sounds like they're trying to correct some was of that those for issues the city election that they did that for because part of it was the city yeah. election i believe because yeah. part of the city it's making sure that people were in the city that the precincts i think correspond with getting a ballot this map i mean the first time i looked at it with these new districts it's crazy so everybody needs to just go and look just so you know who's going to be on your ballot because it's going to be different this year Mm -hmm. than it has been than it was two years ago Mm -hmm. and also so what are the numbers for the districts again um 74 75 76 from okay and but fairmont speaking about fairmont city fairmont they're only looking at 75 and 76 okay because 74 don't take any fairmont yeah, that one, if you look at it, it's almost like a horseshoe around Marion County, but it's got the, it has Whitehall, Monongah. Port. So I am not on the Country Club Bakery side of Country Club Road. In so the 75th. 75th. So okay. in that one, if you look at it, it's almost like a line going from Mannington through Ida May 
It, I guess that one does have Worthington in it, and it mm-hmm. may even have a part of Monongah, if I'm not mistaken, but not most of it. Most of Monongah is in the 74th. Yeah. Then you come through Country Club Road going to the Field Club. That's in the 75th. The the south end of uh, Country Club Road and then over the river in Watson is in the 75th. Mm-hmm. And then it curls around to have part of Pleasant Valley and downtown East Fairmont to the west of the interstate. So... I don't know if that is the area outside of the interstate. Is that still Fairmont? No, I mean no, no. Fairmont's in seventy fourth. Okay. So, uh, it, but it skirts up alongside the, the city limits. It also takes in uh, the Valley Falls area, mm-hmm. Rock Lake area. Okay. Now, once again, what's what's the website to go to learn more about the redistricting? WV vote. I think it's go vote WV. Go Let vote me. WV. I will. I will. Because yeah, this is this is this like is really important. Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is super it is. important information. I'm really glad we talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it is it is govotewv.com, and there is a tool about finding your polling place, and that will take you to a place where you can, I believe, put your address in, and it'll show you exactly who okay. you should be voting for. Good deal. Govotewv.com. Um, this redistricting is super, super important, and it's uh, taking place during the next election. Yeah, this November. So, and by the way, there's also District 13. Okay, which is Senate district. Oh, Senate districts changed and too. And two, yeah, they did. it's half and half now. They um, did. So the uh, Fairmont looks like they're all in District 13. Okay. But but <laughs> literally, when you go past the Marion Square, and oh, you yeah. go down that area. Past Food Line area. Past Food Line. So if you go down towards the Field Club, that is all in the second district. Wow. And that's a district that goes all the way. Yeah, I so saw the your num- jaw drop. So, <laughs> the, so the numbers aren't even like They're not 13, necess- 14, like it's two. And two three. and three. Yeah. Starts yeah. up at one, and it kind of goes from the northern panhandle down okay. the Ohio Valley, and then it curls its way back up. But two actually is a district that includes um, – Part of Marshall, all of Wetzel County, half of Mon County, about half of Marion, the western half of yep. Marion, and it also includes Tyler County and Doddridge County. And the two candidates, there's an incumbent named Charlie Clements, who's a Republican from, from Wetzel County, and there's a Democrat named Eric Hayhurst from Monongalia County who's running for that seat. Now, and District 13 takes in part of Monongalia County and part of Marion County. Mm-hmm. And Districts, senatorial districts are about 110,000 people in mm-hmm. those. So, um, and the, actually, District 13 geographically is about, the, I think, the smallest dis- senatorial district, unless you go down around mm-hmm. Charleston. Mm-hmm. And it's because of the population, mm-hmm. a lot of people in that area. And it shrunk geographically, I think it shrunk. Mm-hmm. And that took place, that went into. That's right now. Yeah, yes. those are but, just like the House of Delegates yeah, seats. Yeah, but they did theirs at the same time we were doing our redistricting. I gotcha. And um, and then of course we had to approve theirs and they had to approve ours. Too. Okay. Are some are both of those on the ballot this year or no? Yes, they because are. Because there's there's yeah. one one uh, in the thirteenth. I mentioned the second district, the thirteenth district. You have uh, it's an open seat with uh, uh, Democrat. Barbara Fleshauer, who's a current House delegate member mm-hmm. from Mon County, mm-hmm. and you have Mike Oliveri, who's a former state senator. Okay, he's okay. the Republican now. He changed to Republican. Uh, he's also from Mon County. The way, the way that the Senate seats work is one year we have you have to in, in our counties because it's Mon and Marion. You have the representative has to be living 
in Marion County. And this is the time where the representative has to be living in Monongalia County. Mm-hmm. But Marion County will still be able to vote for that person. Yeah. Oh, okay. And, and our, the other current senator, of course, is Mike Caputo. Right. Yes. And he's not running this time. But yeah. he's in the same. Senatorial district. Yes. So we elect two senators from yes. each, each yeah. district. But they're alternating. They yeah, alternate because years. Because they got four-year terms. Right. right. Okay. But, okay. And, and, uh, and, and, and one, the state code says, uh, basically, you can't have two senators from the same county. Okay. And it's unusual. I mean, we only got two counties in our next senatorial district, and that's why you have one from Mon County, one from Marion County. But some districts have five or six counties, so they, as long as they're not from the same. Well, from the same. Right. Di- so in the same district, they can't be from the same county. But for example, you could have, you know, you have one person from uh, Mon County every time in the 13th district, but you could also have somebody from Mon County represent the second district, just yeah. like oh. can Kanawha County. Because it's just, because the county's but, just split by district. But within the district, you can't have two Marion County people representing the 13th district. Gotcha. It kind of goes back. I mean, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we could have uh, two Marion County senators if we had with somebody running in the. That's true. Somebody ran from Western district. Augusta. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So, but. Um, Man, uh, all you people in the big old city, I'm from little old Pendleton County, and we have. <laughs> One we only ever had one delegate that we shared with Hardy County, and, and you know now it's all confusing. Even what are some things that you're both excited about for the future of Fairmont and Marion County specifically? And these can be any projects or, or programs that we have going on, new businesses opening, any anything that that you've seen in the recent future that just just has you has you pumped up middletown commons i mean absolutely I, I yeah. hand in that and uh getting it started and uh, it's growing out there yeah mm-hmm. it's that is that is so exciting every yeah. time i drive out there i see something a new name of a business up on that big board and mm-hmm. yep it's growing exponentially out there but there, there's other areas of the county too we need to get to working on and um i know that the out in reesville where the old power plant is that's a good site they're actually the power company is building a uh, a solar plant up on the old ash pile oh wow yeah and um but it's not going to employ a lot of people we need we need something to come in here that will employ a lot of people right and that's and that's a good site and the river's still navigable you know in the locks they're not using them that much anymore i think on weekends for boaters but uh we do have a navigable river down to fairmont even I can remember when barges were, you know, not too long ago when I was working power companies, there were still barges going up there on Montgomery River. And so we need to get things in areas like Marysville, Fairmont. I mean, Fairmont's doing good, but I think it could do much better, especially down there where all the old, uh, along the speedway where all those old factories right. and stuff were. Those are just a few things, and, and I'll give Joey some time. <laughs> he probably can think of a few more. Yeah, for sure. Let's hear it. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that's being done on the rail trail by the city of Fairmont. I, I think in, in a lot of the different parks, and I know I've, and I've talked to Hannah at length about the um, park that's going to be over on east side mm-hmm. that is going to be more accessible to people that have disabilities norwood park norwood yes. park i mm-hmm. think i think that's fantastic and you know what i've when i tell people why i i've run and why i like to serve in public office i think it's because we need to give people opportunities to stay and rebuild and succeed in west virginia for the longest time we've had industry leaving here We've had people leaving here. We've had friends of mine, high school, and after people graduate from whether it be Fairmont State or WVU, and they go other places. They go to Charlotte. They go to Washington, D.C. And But I know a lot of them in talking, some have come back. Some have found good opportunities. 
but more want to and more want to and this is a wonderful place to raise a family and i think the more that we do to provide for recreation that uh we you know again having development by the river having more places to eat having live music i love palatine park uh, all the concert series that was done this summer is fantastic those are the types of things and also just having a welcoming client uh, climate for people to say west virginia is a friendly place and it's a place that i can do whatever i want to do and i think that's the key and i think we have some really good things that are moving forward in the city of fairmont and in Marion County in general, and the only thing left I think we have to do from an infrastructure standpoint, and this is this is Fairmont, but also it's really more broadly to Marion County, is we have to make sure we've got Internet access. And I think we're closer. We talk about it often, mm-hmm. but we're closer to getting some of that built here in the next couple of years. And those, there's going to be some stuff coming out, I think, the next couple of months about that. And also we need to really make sure our roads are connecting us all without having to hit some potholes here or there or go to the local car shop. So. Um, but I'm very happy, and I, I've seen some good progress made just in the last couple of years. I think there's a lot more to come. Well, you know we just signed a franchise agreement with West Virginia Fiber in Fairmont. Yeah. So, I didn't know that. Okay, that's great. Yeah, so that's coming. I think they said that they could have a lot of people with gigabit service mm-hmm. in six months. So that's really exciting for people sure that is. live in the city it limits. sure is. But, yeah, that's great. I mean, there's been a lot of things that are going on. You guys have always been super helpful with all of that stuff, and we are very appreciative of, of your assistance here at the city. So how would you pitch Fairmont to an outsider? You're trying to get somebody to come here, to come live to Fairmont, Marion County. What would you tell them to try to convince what, them? What is, what is the ultimate pitch? It's a do-or-die situation. You have to get this person oh to gosh, move here. One of the things I'd pitch is a great place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I think there's a safe environment here and a good education system. I mean, it's a great place to because if you bring business in, they're looking at those kinds of things. And we got WVU just not very far from us. If you like football, college football, you know, of course, Fairmont State's got a college football team too. So there's a lot of things to do in this area. And I think, it's, and like he pointed out, Joey pointed out, Palatine Park. That's that is a, a draw in itself, and um, and the county's doing that, and you guys do things too that you know uh, that you can, you know that bring uh, bring people in and and beautifying the city. I think that's a big thing too. I know you're working on that issue too. We we are the part of the state, North Central West Virginia, and we're right in the center of North Central West Virginia, where the biggest things are happening in this state. And a lot of people talk about the Eastern Panhandle, and I'm really happy for their success and how they're expanding there. But in reality, there's almost a different culture and a a different set of values. And so what I think we have in Marion County is we have this family values, this what I call Marion County values, and and I would also say Marion County hustle. We have people that are really striving to make this a better place. And they are, um, and so, th- but this is a place you could also, you can get to Pittsburgh, you can get to D.C. real quick, you can get to anywhere on the East Coast, and that's good for businesses, that's good for families, and the tourism opportunities that we have around here, you can do anything you want, uh, and with the way that virtual jobs, uh, you know, again, if we get this internet in place in all places in Marion County, you can do anything you want to anymore, and you can do it from right here, and you can live a wonderful life. In a place that's not that's pretty reasonable as far as how is it mm-hmm. uh, from from an expense standpoint. One thing we forgot to mention is the high tech park. I mean, fair, it's in Fairmont. Yeah, and that is that is Fairmont yes. city limits. Yeah, so that's a big plus for Fairmont, and I think it's going to mm-hmm. start growing, and that will bring in more people too. But that is a very very uh, 
instrumental in growing our economy here in Marion County. Big part of it. And some folks might be confused when they hear us say that that is Fairmont. That was that was uh, that entire high tech park is an annexation of the city mm-hmm. of Fairmont. So you actually, our city limits kind of in near Muriel's, and you drive, and then it turns into Whitehall, and then once you get to the the park, that whole if you're looking at a map, there's. Um, an outline around that entire high tech park, and that is City of Fairmont. So, Sound yes. like you're trying to describe a legislative district. Yeah. No, <laughs> literally. <laughs> we also have Morris Park, which is located in Pleasant Valley, but it's in the city limits yeah. of Fairmont. <laughs> and you can you can and you can find that map at uh, FairmontWV.gov. Yeah, go to our maps page. Yes, anything you ever it, wanted. It's all there. This has been great. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed um, listening and um, learning <laughs> from both of you. We are we are very appreciative of the work that you all do and how you advocate for us on a on a on a higher level. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank so you guys. In, so informative. Everybody that listens to us hopefully hopefully is more prepared for the November election because we I think we broke it down as much as we could. So we, sure did. Um, we, sure we did. really appreciate that because we both learned a lot. Also. Yep. Any so. any final words? Well, Joey gave his cell phone out. I'll give mine, 304-694-3535. All but right. A lot of people have it already, so it's not, it's not like a, <laughs> it's a big secret. <laughs> well, just, the last thing i just like to say is that I, I really, in a time when politics and government has become so partisan, I, I really um, don't have enough good things to say about Guy Ward and his public service. I really think... He has been exemplary. He's been a partner to both the city and to me, and I really appreciate the way that he works. And I, I've said this a couple different events, but um, sometimes people like to say, you know, they are a good person, but. And I think instead, when talking about a political opponent or somebody that doesn't think the way you do, and instead I'd like us to think about it as, you know, Guy Ward is a good person, period. And then we can start talking about the policy. And that's what we did today. And I think that's a good example for how politics should be changing in the future. I appreciate that, Joey. And, uh, and, and, and Joey and I probably first got to know each other when I was down there in, in the first time I was down there in the, in the, in, in the House of Delegates because Joey's working for the governor's office. And Joey was a big help to me. I mean, anytime I needed any kind of information or anything, I'd go ask Joey. And I knew he was originally from Marion County, but and and uh, I, and I tell you, uh, Joey's a um, definitely a good delegate. I mean, he uh, does a good job. Um, he represents Marion County well, um, and we've worked together really, really well down there. We don't agree on some issues, and you, as you saw, <laughs> yeah, that's and, life. Yeah, and but we we understand yeah. where we're coming from. And that's a big thing to understand where the other person's view views is and where they're coming from. Um, he's an honest person, and uh, that means a lot to me. Um, there's dishonest people in, in both parties, right? But he's not one of them. This is this is all really just great to hear, um, especially in the in the world that we live in today. Mm-hmm. People, everyone's at each other's necks. Um, you're either on on my side or you're not. But you know. I think, you know, this is another thing that makes Marion County special. You know, yeah. we have, we have great representatives, and and you have both shown that. Different parties, but the same team, Marion yeah, County. That's right. That's for right. Sure. When it comes down Marion County, we team. work together on that. On the same team. A, yep. Absolutely. So Hannah, 
how can our listeners keep up with us? You can find this podcast anywhere that you get your podcasts. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you can listen to a podcast, you can find the Fairmont Bridge. Yeah, and um, on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star rating. <laughs> Every time. He's like, five stars, no less. Five stars, or just, or just, just don't bother. Um, also, have you checked in on your neighbor? Are they listening? You should find out. And if they're not listening, show them the Fairmont Bridge. Thank you. Thank you all for, for tuning in today. This has been the Fairmont Bridge, City of Fairmont's official podcast, and we are signing off.